Psalm 104 tonight. I'm just going to read one verse, verse number 34. I'm just going to take a thought out of this verse, and then we're just going to fire away for a little bit and, and uh, pray it'll be a blessing to you. Psalm 104, verse number 34. The Bible says this, My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you. We're so thankful to be in this place, Lord. I appreciate you and I love you. I'm glad to be amongst these people tonight. And Lord, we come in this place. We need you. I'm standing in a place, Lord. I'm dependent upon your touch tonight. Give me some unction to preach. Help me to effectively communicate the word of God tonight. Challenge our hearts. Strengthen our hearts. Help us, Lord, in these days that we may grow closer to you and live more for you. Uh, until you come get us. I'm, I'm looking forward to that day, Lord, but I pray if there's one lost here tonight, don't know you, never been born again, I pray they get saved. Lord, I pray you just help the church tonight. Appreciate you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, the psalmist made what a quite uh, wonderful statement. He said, my meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. And may I say that thinking upon the Lord uh, will bring some gladness in your heart. If you're missing some gladness, I got a good subject for you to think on tonight. But I want to talk about uh, some sweet meditation and, and the importance of our minds given over to God's Word. And, and, and I believe there's not a place or a situation or a circumstance that meditating on the Scriptures can't be beneficial to you. You're not going to tell me a place in your life. You're not going to tell me something you're going through where you can say, well, thinking about God's words going to not going to help me right here. I'm going to say absolutely not. It's going to help you. Uh, our minds, can I say, a mind is an amazing thing. I don't know how people can deny. You can look out. I mean, I, I watch them documentaries. I love the space just like Tom did. I think it's amazing what God's put out there. But I don't get out there and wonder about other things. I know who created it. I don't have no question. They're like, how did they get? Well, they spent two hours on the documentary trying to figure out how they got here. And Greg read it tonight. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I mean, I ain't got to waste two hours on that. I'll spend two hours looking at how beautiful it is, how wonderful it is. And I think about the human body. I think about the mind. And, you know, uh, how amazing our bodies are that God made them and, and how they work and all these things. And may I say, God gave us a mind. Now, sometimes we may think we've lost it and sometimes we don't act like we have one. But may I say something to you? God's given us one and he's given us instructions for our mind. And God will help our minds. And may I say, the mind is where the the battlefield is. The mind is where we face things. We turn and we face and we anxiety and we stress and we do all And you know where we do it at? In our minds. But God has an answer for our minds, a help for our minds. And, and I want to I talk to you tonight. I believe with all my heart God has purposed us and made us that we should be intentional with what we do with our minds. We're in a day, and, and I, I, I get like this too. I mean, y'all ever get tired? I, li I like to sometimes not think, right? That's what amusement is. It's where you don't think. But that we're not intended to live our lives in amusement. We're supposed to be thinking. But every now and then, I come home from work every now and then, my brain's fried. There ain't much thinking I can do left. It feels like. But I believe with all my heart that God wants us to use our minds. He's got great purpose for our minds, and he's got great help for our minds. And I want, I, want to, I want to do that. I want to help you tonight. I pray you'll pray for me that I'll effectively communicate this. I want to be a help to you. But the word meditate or meditation, and I'm going to talk about 
that word in today's context as well, but the word meditate or meditation is found 20 times in the Word of God. Now, that's not the only word used for thinking. Thinks in there, muses in there. There's some other things, but that, that's the main word we think about. But it's found 20 times in the Word of God, and seven of those mentions are found in Psalm 119. That's not a coincidence. You say, what's the big deal about that? Well, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. And all but, I believe, two verses have a mention of the Word of God. And you say, well, why is that important? Because God wants our mind in His Word. Okay, and listen to me. If we're real honest, we're going to put our minds towards something. That's if we're honest. We all put it towards something. But God wants us to be sure we put it towards His Word. Okay? But the word meditate, it means to dwell on anything in thought. And sometimes I want to make a joke here and just think, here I'm, I'm preaching about using your mind, and I think sometimes of myself, I think I ain't even so unqualified for this, for this message right here about using my mind. I'm just so glad that God's gracious. I'm telling you what, he's good to us. I mean, he's good to us. The word meditate, it means to dwell on anything in thought, to contemplate, to study, to turn or revolve any subject in the mind. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't have cows. I love to eat them, but I don't have any. Okay? And, and you bring me some, I'll eat it. But cows are known for, as the phrase, chewing the cud. Uh, if you've ever watched cows, now my, my grandpa, they had a farm out Ripley, and I would go out in the summers, and he would bale hay, and I would set, try to get in the shade and not be in the heat because I didn't like farming, okay? Uh, and, and it was hot, but they had cows. And you just watch them. All day long, they just sit out there and they chew. I mean, over and over and over. And I believe they got multiple stomachs. And, and I think some of that, I don't know how it all works. And you can go home and read your biology books or anatomy books. But I think it comes back up and they just continue to chew on it. Over and over and over. And, 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 and I mean, like a tough piece of steak, you just you keep chewing on it. Well, they, they do that for a purpose, and may I say, that's a picture of what meditation is. It's a continual working on it or chewing on it like you're chewing gum or, or something like that. And, and, and I think uh, it's important to kind of grasp that in our mind. When we think about meditation, what you hear today is not meditation scripturally. Big difference. And I'm gonna, I, want, I want to get it, but I want you to notice what you hear when people say, uh, I want to clear my mind or I want to meditate and get my thoughts. Hold on. They're trying to tell you to empty something. The Bible never tells you to empty your mind. That's dangerous. You say, why? Because other stuff can get in there. The Bible tells you to fill your mind with particular things, and he's talking about the Word of God. Now, meditation is an intentional purposeful practice that we are instructed to do scripturally. I'll give you the first person. And this, this charge has not changed for us. I know it's the Old Testament and all these things, but the first man to ever be charged to live by the written word of God was Joshua. He has a strong name, amen? Joshua. Listen to me. You say, why is he the first one? Because he didn't have the written word of God then. But Moses penned the first five books down. That's what he had. And here's what God told Joshua in Joshua 1 and 8. This application is still for us today. The charge is still for us today. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. 
For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now he's talking about this meditation. There's a command, an instruction, and it goes throughout Scripture. But to meditate on it, he said day and night. Uh, the, the, the distraction of our day. 150 years ago, they didn't. You know why people got up early and went to bed early? Because they did. That's, they just went by the time that they had. And you know, all this information, we're at information overload is a problem. We don't need this much news. We don't need this much sports. We don't need much, this much content. I mean, I'm talking about it's dangerous to our minds that it's constantly filled with things. I'm not against learning and things that way, but I'm talking about our minds were not meant to be full of all this other stuff. And there's so much competition for our minds today. And I'm not talking about sinful things. Listen, if you're listening to, watching, or reading things that are wrong, you need to repent and get right. I'm just talking about things that aren't bad. But we fill our minds up. But God has told us that we ought to fill our minds up with his word. May I say, our spiritual growth and maturity, it hinges upon our minds given to the word of God. You're not going to grow spiritually unless your mind is on God's Word. I'm right in here. Now we see there's an instruction towards it, but there's also a blessing in it. Now everybody likes How many of you don't like a blessing? If you said yes, you can come up here and get something wrong. Everybody likes to be blessed, don't you? Well, I mean, I, me too. Psalm 1, Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2, notice this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now notice what these two verses teaches us here real quick. In verses 1, there's a separation from ungodly thinking. Can I say something to you? Evil communications corrupt good manners. And that's written in the context of bad doctrine. Not even talking about filthy language or other things you hear. Listen, you surround yourself with filthy language all the time. What's going down in the well is going to come up in the bucket. It'll get there. You, can't, you, you ain't mature enough spiritually or strong enough spiritually to stay surrounded by that stuff and not be impacted by it. That's Bible. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Look it up. But notice the blessed man. He said, blessed is the man. I go for the women too. Listen to me. The first thing is there's a separation from ungodly thinking. It's important what we don't allow in. Stay with me. It's, this is three parts here. Then notice what he says. His, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Can I say there's a satisfaction found in God's word. If you're going to have a close relationship to the Lord, you're going to find your satisfaction in his word. But then he ends this like this, and he says, in his law doth he meditate day and night. There's a service of giving the mind to God's word. The blessed man is one whose mind is upon God's word. If you're going to be blessed in that regards, like that man is right there, that person that, that will keep themselves away from ungodly thinking, that will delight himself in God's word and will give their mind over, they're blessed. There's, that's good. That'll preach right there. Stay with me. In Psalm 19:14, the psalmist prays for his mind to be acceptable. Let the meditation of my heart 
That's something we ought to pray about. We ought to want our minds to be accepted. God can see our thoughts. Yeah. Psalm 119.97, meditation is connected with the love of God's Word. Can I say you'll grow the more you give your mind to God's Word, the more you'll love God's Word, and the more that you'll love God. That's not, that's not a deep, that's not a big math problem. But the more you do that, the more you will. It's a connection right there. He, he talks about it in that verse. Look them up. In Psalm 119.99, it's tied to having more understanding. He's, the psalmist said, I have more understanding than my teachers because I've spent time meditating in his word. Can I say, if we're going to grow, it, it, it pictures growth. In Psalm 119.123, he talks about how he was persecuted. It's a help under persecution. When we are persecuted for our faith, can I say a place to put our minds is in not all the things that's being said and being done, but in the pages of the Holy Writ. 1 Timothy 4 and 15, Paul told Timothy to give his mind over to God's Word. He said that it was profitable for him to do that. Now, I didn't read all them verses. Y'all look them up. But he said it was profitable for him to do that. Can I say it's a profit? How many of you like to lose money? There's a lot, hey, listen to me. There's a lot of ways if you like to lose money, there's a lot of ways for you to do it today. Okay? None of us like to do that. How many of you like to waste time? And I'm not talking about wasting time doing things you enjoy. I'm talking about wasting like time you know you'll never get back and you can't stand when you're in it. You know what I'm talking about? Nobody likes that. There's a lot of activities and things that we could do that we waste in. Can I say something to you? Giving your mind over to God's Word, you'll never waste your time. That's what, that's what, what he's saying right here. In Philippians 4 and 8, he doesn't use the word meditate, but he used the word think. And we're directed to think upon certain things, which they're all a picture of Jesus Christ if you, if you look at all those things. And, but I want you to notice this. How many of you like to have the peace of God? Right? Verse number 4 and 6, for the peace of God that passes up. You notice that it'll keep your minds, will go down. Part of keeping your mind is in verse number 8. Y'all didn't stay with me on that. We want the peace of God, but God says, if, I'll give you my peace, but you need to be thinking on these things. God says, if you're going to keep my peace, you're going to have to keep your mind directed on the things that I'm telling you. There's a part of obedience on our part. God will do a wonderful work, and he'll give us the peace that passeth all understanding. But then he tells us to think on these things. May I say something to you? You're in control of this. And listen to me. If you, don't, if you don't want to take control of it, Satan will. You're constantly, I mean, just bombarded with thoughts, thinking all these things, and God's given us a direction. He's given us a place. We can, so to speak, navigate. Uh, uh, we can navigate our minds. We can put our minds in the right places. That don't mean we won't have bad thoughts, but they don't have to stay there. I heard, you know, if, if the ship comes to the harbor, don't let him dock. You know, if the bird comes to nest, shoo him out, right? I, what I'm saying is, there, it's, a real, it's a real thing. Every single one of us face this in our minds. But we can see that there's sweet meditation. We can see there's gladness. We can see there's profitability. We can see there's success tied to it. We can see all these wonderful things that come for when you and I give our mind over to the Word of God. Now, 
scriptural meditation is not modern meditation. That derives from Eastern mysticism. That Buddha and, 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 and all them kind of, I don't know what they are, but all of the rest of them things that ain't, that ain't real. They religion, but they ain't salvation. Thinking you're going to come back as a cow. You send a cow over here, we'll have a steak dinner on Sunday afternoon. Praise God. That's what happens when you give your mind over to the wrong things. That's just plain silly. And that's probably not the silliest of all the things. But listen to me. These practice, and this is this is big in our day. Don't I? I, I, I don't, I'm not going to go too far in this area. I, I'm not against exercise and things like that. But a lot of these. Uh, exercise practices and these things that are meant to get you to just release everything, that's a little bit dangerous. I'm told to guard my mind. I'm told to fill it with the Scripture, not to empty it out, not to get myself in a place where I can just kind of uh, let whatever and anything get in there. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm still supposed to be in control of my mind. God gives a sound mind. That's over in Timothy. Stay with me. I don't want y'all to be mad at me. I want to help you. Listen to me. There's real danger out there. When we talk about meditation in this church, we're not talking about getting in a dark room. A lot of people do this darkness thing. They go out and they get, in, get, get separated from everything and try to get as clear as they can get. That's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us to get in the light. I'm not in the darkness. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I'm not supposed to be in the darkness. I'm supposed to be in the light. The Bible said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'm talking about we need to fill ourselves with the light. But you're going to see, you'll see it out there. You'll see it advertised. But I want to tell you, that ain't the same meditation. Scriptural meditation is focused on the scriptures and filling our minds, tossing it over, going uh, uh, nonstop. I, I think about how uh, this is kind of a silly illustration, but if we want to be on fire for the Lord, if we want to grow in the Lord, I think about, I don't know how many of y'all, we used to have a fire, we had a wood fireplace in our house. Now, I like wood. I don't like all the upkeep wood is. I just hit the gas button now and turn it on. It's wonderful. It'll be 85 degrees in there in no time, and I love it. But when I had a wood fireplace, I had to bring wood in. I had to get wood. I had to do all those things. But here's the thing is, if you have a wood fireplace, and we got one out to farm, and if you, if, you got a, if you got a better answer than this, you can let me know, but how many of you can keep the fire going unless you keep putting something in it? My dad will get up in the night, and then, you know, two or three in the morning, we'll all be out to farm, and he'll be putting in wood in there, because if he don't, it'll be like two degrees in the morning when we all get up. And freezing, and it takes a while to get it going again. But it's the same thing with our minds spiritually. If we're going to keep the fire going, we're going to have to put it in. We're going to have to fill it up. I mean, it's not, I mean, you can fill it up and I mean, get all that you can get. I, I read a bunch on this trip, and, and I got to places where I read so much. We, we had about three-hour layovers in, in the places we're at on, on purpose because I, I didn't want to be nervous and miss a flight and all them kind of things. So I gave us three hours, and I would read, but I got to the place where I read so much that I just had to stop. You say, why? I said, well, because the stove was full. That's all I could handle. And then I'd wait a little bit, and then I'd pick it back up again. Well, can I say spiritually it's the same thing? Listen, think about the revival and all the things that God's done. We, we, we look at those things, but at some point you've got to keep putting more back in. 
And I want to just, and this is, the whole message is what I'm preaching right now. These last points are, we'll just see how they get there. But here's what I want you to realize. You're in control of your mind. And God wants you to fill your mind with his word. And he's telling you that he will help you. It will be a help to you. And also that when you do that, it's going to impact your growth. It's a profitable thing for you to do. There's no reason for us to not do it is really what God said through all these things. And I was thinking about, I did that on this trip. Uh, Sitting in that sardine can in the sky. Now, I wasn't covered in mustard or hot sauce, thank God, but like them fish in that sardine can, that's what I felt like in that airplane at times. I began to thank on the Lord, and it was sweet to me, Tom. I did a lot of praying. I'll be very honest about that. And that's probably what led to the meditation. But I also want to talk to you about four things that I meditated on, and I want to aim it like this. It's going to be about where I was and what I was doing, but can I say something to you? That's what we need. Now, I could have flipped open, I could have flipped anywhere on the Bible and, and meditated, and it would have been fine. But we got a book that can help us right where we are in the season that we're living in, in the time or the situation or the circumstance that we find ourselves in, God has given us a word. I think it's over in Jeremiah, and they asked Jeremiah, they said, is there a word from the Lord? And he said, there is. And may I say, there still is. God has a word for us. And I want you to realize that uh, if I can meditate, y'all can do it. I'm just telling y'all, I got enough low uh, test scores and English. Y'all know my English level ain't good. But I got grades to prove it. And I'm not proud of it. But I'm just saying, that's not an area that I w- was really good in. But if I can do it, you can do it. I want to encourage you tonight. But I started thinking about a few things up in that sky. I started thinking about a few things as I buckled in. I mean, as soon as we got in, I, bu- I didn't need that every time. Got an announcement. And the little flight attendant, she would... Start showing you how to put your seatbelt. I said, ma'am, I had it on 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, but I want you to think about some sweet things. that th- These are just some sweet things that I thought of. They're from the scripture. I think they can help you. They help me. First thing I thought of was going to and fro. Over in the book of Daniel, you'll find in verse number 4, the Bible says this, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. And I was just thinking about we're living in the fulfillment of prophecy. Now, some of y'all fly and travel all the time, but, but if you think, I mean, we ought to just stop for a second and say, praise God, we ain't taking camels and horsebacks. We can worship on that tonight. Thank God we ain't doing that. Amen. I mean, I ain't like planes, but I tell you what, it was a lot better than riding a camel all the way to Houston, Texas. We'd have been back next year by the time we got back. But, but notice what Dan, God tells Daniel to close this book up. And John's going to open the book later on at the, in, in the book of Revelation. But I want you to notice this. He says at the, end, at the time of the end that, that there's going to be an ability to travel great lengths in a short amount of time. And that's what God said would happen. Think about this. Daniel was written around sometimes around 500 B.C., That's 2,500 years before today, and here we are. You say, well, what's that have to do with anything? Well, think about this. In 1800s, you know that they said it took the settlers around seven months to cross the United States from east to west. Today, right now, 
You can fly from New York City to L.A. in six hours. You say, well, what, what's this have to do with anything? Well, the first thing is it should impact our faith. You start meditating even on out of the book of Daniel, something in the Old Testament, you say, why? Because I'm living in the fulfillment of prophecy and God's word is true. It's true whether you believe it or not, but it's true. And you can help us if we'll think about these things and how it helped my faith. And, and to think about this, not only that, but how you can see that Daniel said that they would be running to and fro and knowledge shall be increased, but you can also see how that impacts today. I believe that, that it impacts man's ability to travel back and forth and the increase of knowledge has hurt us in a sense that it's increased the uh, apostasy that's spread around. I love being able to FaceTime my kids at work and, 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 and call. We FaceTime our kids when we were all the way in Texas and they were here. And that's not a far distance. People do it around the world. But can I say, for as many things that we can use it for that's good, it's been used by the devil for all these other things. And I believe that's part of what Daniel was saying here. But I, that increased my faith. And it just made me happy I wasn't on camels. But I began to think about that. And I began to think about this. I looked around them cabins and them planes and I was surrounded by people that was born in different countries, spoke different languages, they had different economic statuses, but they all had something in common and is that they had a soul that Jesus died for. I began to think about that and I thought about over in Matthew 9, 36 and 38. And it says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. You know what Jesus saw? He saw souls of men. And I was just looking, I was looking around at people. I, we watched in the airport. I mean, we just... Atlanta's the busiest airport in America. Did y'all know that? It's not the biggest, but it's the busiest based on flights. And I mean, just tons of people coming through there. I mean, going all different directions, flights going all over the place. I mean, all the craziness that it is. And to stop and think for a second, Christ died for every single one of them just like he did me. They have a soul that Jesus wants to save and is willing to save based on what he did at Calvary. And you know, I was thinking about, I want to continue and I need to do a better job of seeing people that way. I pass people in Kroger and I pass people all the places. I work with people. We could go on and on about the people we see, but do you realize that they have a soul? Jesus was con always conscious of the eternal destination of man. Now, he knew whether they believed him or not. He knew all the things of their heart, but he was always conscious and concerned he wanted, even the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all them that mocked him, those, even look at the cross right there. You had two of the same men. They did the same crime. You say, what was that? They both riled and ridiculed and mocked Jesus on the cross. Both of them did. But one of them's in heaven now. You say, why? Because there was a Savior that was conscious and concerned about the souls of men. I was just thinking about that in that, in that, in that cabin. All these people were sitting around and seeing. 
I want to be conscious of the souls of men. Can I, I want, I'm trying to, I know these, these points don't really go together, but they do go together because this happened in my life. And I want you to realize you're going to go through situations where you feel like you're in the, you're in the bubble, you're in this certain thing, and there may be certain people around you, but we, in the midst of what that is, you know, we go to doctors and we go to hospitals and we go to all these things. And I believe with all of our heart, God puts us in some divine appointments. I'll tell you this, we, we rented a car and we were on our way back. And may I say, the scariest thing was not flying, it was how people drive in Texas, just so you all know. I'm serious, every single light we stopped at, someone read it, someone ran it. Some, six people died that same night on the same street we left on. NFL player died because someone ran a red light. It's crazy driving down there. And I prayed all the way. I mean, it was... But we was at a gas station, and I, I just filled up, just had to top it off, right around the corner from where we was going. And, and this guy come up to me, and he, he asked me a question, and we was talking right there. And, and I asked him, I said, well, are you saved? And he, he said, yeah. And I, he, said, he said, and the Lord told me to come over and talk to you. What I'm trying to say is, wherever we are, God's got a purpose for us. And in the midst of the hour... I could have been concerned. I was concerned about getting that car back scratch free, okay? I was. Because, I mean, they just, you get a thing on there, they'll just cut your arm and leg off. So I just might as well buy, buy it if I was going to do that. But I was thinking about all those things, and God put us around people we were supposed to be there. I, I, I want you all to see in the midst of where you're at and what you're going through that, listen, meditating on God's Word and keeping our mind on God's Word will help us see the things that God wants us to see. It, it'll help us to have the peace. It'll help us to have the strength. It'll help us have faith in the days. I mean, sitting in an airplane, I, I, you get up there, listen to me. You're going down, I don't care where the exit sign is. And that seatbelt ain't going to hold anything, all right? But I started thinking about this, and this, this, this helped me. We say this sometimes, thinking about it, but I know in some ways I was in the hands of those pilots, Listen, if we come down to me flying a plane, we'd just be trying to soul win all the way back through there because we ain't going to land it, right? I, I don't know anything about all they do out there, but I was thinking about, you know, we're in their hands, but then I started thinking, no. There's some other hands I'm in today. <laughs> I started thinking about the hands of my Savior. I started thinking about the one, listen to me, hey, them pilots could go down, but Jesus can hold that plane up. John 10 and 28, and he says, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And I begin to think about the security I got in Jesus. I mean, I was on there, and I know I'm saved, and I'm going to heaven. And I told Tom, I said, at least for a little bit, I was closer to Jesus than y'all was. Basically four times in the last week. And I told him, I said, listen, if the rapture takes place on this flight, I'll meet y'all up here. Because I'm already up here. I was above the clouds. Who knows? I could already been in the meeting place. But I started thinking about that. And I mean, I was uneasy. Let's just be real honest. And I can laugh at myself at it, so you won't hurt my feelings laughing at me. I don't like heights, but when you get up so high, it ain't even real anymore. I mean, it's just, it, it ain't real anymore. But I started thinking about how I was in his hands. And let me say something to you. Had something happens, I'm safe. 
I'm safe. I mean, that ain't the way I want to go out, but if I go, I know where I'm going. I'm safe. I'm talking about, he says, I give unto them eternal life. I'm glad for salvation that's secure. I'm talking about, hey, I don't know which way I'll exit out of this thing, but I know where I'm going when I get there. Praise God, I got safety. Nobody can pluck me out of his hands. Nobody. You can't get out of them once you get in. Start thinking about that security I got. I start feeling good. Then I start thinking about that sovereignty. He's in total control, Tom. I mean, you could tell me 500 different things. I mean, when you're in an unfamiliar circumstance, the, the second plane we were on, the one went from Atlanta to Houston, there was a weird knock the whole time. And I noticed it. And I was hoping one of them stewardess would notice it. And then, you know, they come on and they say, hey, uh, our, mic, our stewardess mics are out, so they, we couldn't hear them. And then they said, something, something's not working, but we're just going to back it out of here. I don't know what that was, but I thought maybe that was the thing underneath my feet that was knocking all the time. But you feel all of those things when you're unfamiliar. I mean, driving down, it was dark, we were driving, and I mean, it was 15 lanes probably. It was eight, and then there was two other interstates beside the interstate we were on which made no sense, and I didn't know where I was going, and I had to get over, and, 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 and I thank God for some experience on the road. But, but, but I started thinking about all those, all those things that could make me, I'm not in control, and you ain't either. But I know one that is, and I'm in his hands. And listen to me, you can't touch me, and the devil can't touch me unless God says so. He's in total control. He can do the things that no one else can do. I know that Tom talked about it this morning. And listen, I thought, what an amazing thought this morning. Y'all, if y'all didn't get I never thought about this before. But the devil's the prince and the power of the air. And Jesus said, I'll come and go as I please. Rising up on the clouds. I'm talking about, listen, the devil may have all kinds of plans. But I'm in the hands of the Lord. That's what I was thinking about in that tin can in the sky. I'm glad I'm in his hands. And last on this, I told this to Tom after, my, after we landed the first one. I tell you what, them little planes, they shake a little bit more than them big planes do. But we took off, and it was a smooth flight. I mean, we got, we got there 20 minutes before we were supposed to. I guess that's all good. But I was thinking up there before we, they come up there and they say, all right, Cabin crew, now everybody prepare for uh, prepare for arrival. Well, you know, they're going through all these things and saying all these things. I don't know what all they mean, but I just know that that means we're going to start going down. And you know what I was thinking about? Listen, I don't care how good the takeoff is and how smooth the ride is. Listen to me. How you finish matters. I don't care if it's the best flight, they had the best food, you whatever it was. Let me say something to you. How you finish matters. 
And I was thinking about that, and I started thinking about how Paul was concerned about how he finished his walk and his service for the Lord. Acts 24, 20 said, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify the gospel of the grace of God. May I say, the Bible puts great importance on his church. Hey, it ought to matter how we finish. Listen, when you're 30,000 feet in the air and you can't even see the earth, all you can see is clouds, you better hope they can finish the job. You better, I'm talking about, you better hope that they finish the job. That's how we ought to be as Christians. I start thinking about that. You think about a lot of things when you're, when you're like that. But can I say, you think about the same things. You can meditate. There's scripture that fits the season of your life. There's a word for where you find yourself right now. May I say there's a word for where you were? There's a word for where you are? And praise God, there's a word for where you're going. And I'm telling you, friends, listen, we're supposed to set our affections on things above. We're supposed to get our minds on the word of God. In the days we're in, there's nothing about, we're living in the middle of peril. That's where we're living at. Spiritually, Physically, I mean, all that's going on in our world, peril, trouble, danger from the people that's around us. People are more fierce than they've ever been. Now, I, I make a lot of jokes and laugh, and we really, people were very kind, and we never had any problem. But, but I was thinking about, so last night we were waiting to go on to Charleston. And hopefully this, don't laugh, hopefully this flight thing don't be like the fence, and I don't preach on that for three to four months. But if I, if I keep thinking about it, I may still bring some things to it. But I thought about, I can remember years ago, I think it was Jay Vernon McGee that talked about this, but he used to talk about how he would wear a suit and tie, and flying was, a, a, it was an event. It was a, it was a thing. It was a, just a well-respectable thing. We were sitting there, the, our, our little thing was full, so we were sitting over another one just waiting, and this guy ran over, and I mean, the girl, had, this, this was going somewhere else. It was going to Indiana, and this guy runs in. He's like, is this going to Albuquerque? I mean, he's, he's got sweat. All, I mean, he's wet. He's running, and I mean, and she says, she took his ticket, and she said, no, sir, you need to be in B32, not D32. And I mean, he ripped a profanity and threw his hat that knocked my coke over in the floor. And I thought about, I'm sure things happened 50, 60 years ago, but that's more prevalent. You say, why is that? Because we're living in perilous times. All of those things in that chapter have always been, and man, man's never changed. But the intense, intensity has increased and is will increase until we get raptured up out of here, and it's going to continue that way. You say, what was it like living in the days of Noah? Like this. But, but I thought about that. I felt bad for the guy. I, and that lady didn't do anything to deserve that treatment. But I thought about his reaction and, and, and how hundreds of people around. I mean, I'm glad he didn't spill my Coke. Praise God, you know. But I think about... How the days were in. 
But do you know what the prescription for the last days was? We can talk about the deception, and we should. Well, we're, we're, listen, I know y'all hear it here, but let me say something to you. You'll keep hearing it here because it's in every New Testament epistle. We are to warn about things that are ungodly, warn about false doctrine. We're not going to change our stance. It's biblical and scriptural. I mean, we're not going to write. That's not the only thing we want to preach the whole counsel of God, but it's in there a good bit. But we could talk about the deception and all that's going on. And we could talk about the personalities and all that's going on. And we could talk about the peril, the, the dangers of the day. I mean, all the security you got to go through. And I'm glad it's there, so don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, you think about that. They have that same type of security you go through to get on an airplane at elementary schools. In the United States of America, the whole, in the land of the free, we deal with that. But do you know what Paul ends that chapter with? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. He says, you and I can finish right. But if we're going to do that, Judy, you come on, I'm done. If we're going to do that, we've got to give our minds over to the Word of God. I believe with all of our, I believe this. And I'm not mad at any, I love you. And I hope it's, it helped you. But if we're real honest, I'm talking about, we'll start right here with this preacher. There's no reason why I can't give more of my mind to the Word of God. And I believe if I asked you all that, you could say the same thing. May I say, if we're too busy for that, we're way too busy. God's given us this book to help us in the air. Y'all ever feel like, and I'm going to be real quick, you ever feel like you get in there and I mean, you just feel like you can't get out? I don't know how else to explain that any other way. Whatever you're going through, whatever situation you're in, the, all the things run through your mind. My, my mind goes to the media. I can't just be something little. It goes all the way to the worst thing it ever was. That's how my mind works. I mean, I can't just have a flat tire. I mean, the car's got to blow up. That's just how my mind works. And I'll think about, then I'll backtrack and think of everything else that can happen. in the, And I think about there's situations in our lives, real situations you face on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday in your home, at your office, at your school, that there's an attack on your mind. It may not always be sweet times, but we can have sweet meditation when we keep it on Him. If we'll point and purposely direct our minds to the pages of this book, I believe with all my heart, God will help you in your situation. I believe there's enough proof text tonight for what I said. You can take it to the bank. But our minds matter. And we need to be purposeful to direct them to the right things and to the Word of God. Let's bow our heads tonight.